0: The City Life app enables you to listen to Sunday messages and even explore the Bible while listening. Stay up to date with church life through our Connect section and much more. Download the City Life app today. Welcome to the City Life podcast. Our desire is to make Jesus known. We pray that these messages will help equip you to become a follower of Jesus, who is empowered to influence and shape culture. Enjoy the message. I want you open up your Bibles to First Samuel, chapter 22 one sam 22 in case you haven't noticed i am a pastor um and i actually really love you guys i do i I mean it's it's part of what comes with being a pastor and I, i love you guys one of the things i love to be able to do here is uh is to be able to use this platform as well as my individual dealings with you guys to be very honest and open and and uh to share with you my joys and my sorrows, and let you know I'm a real person, serving Jesus and running after Jesus as well. Uh, I like to part of part of I guess you call it my anointing. It's part of what what God does through me is I'm able to equip you along with the other pastors to equip you to serve others in the way that God has wired you, and to teach and to preach God's word to you. and, and but but you know probably one of the most important things is is it's the choice to just love you unconditionally. It's like, I'm just gonna love you. That's, that's, that's all that matters. And it's really important for you guys to know that I want you to win. I want you to be a success. I want you to live life to its fullest, like what Jesus said in John 10, 10. And, and when you live like that, your life is going to, it's gonna shine, and the shining is not you, the shining is Jesus coming through you. You're making Jesus known. When you live like this, you're adding substance and purpose to your life, and that's the biggest thrill for me. So, so, so basically, as your pastor, I want you to be successful, so you can make Jesus known. In fact. Uh, I share this with you from time to time because some people ask, well, why do we do this little thing at, at the close of our services? We, we do this thing called a benediction. And, and you know, I, the first time I did, I, I was called upon by a city organization several years ago. I said, we want you to do a, uh, we want you to do a benediction. And I was like, I didn't even know what that was, to be honest. They didn't teach that to me in college. And so I went to the dictionary and looked at it and went, oh, that's what it is. So I learned to do benedictions. But but I love incorporating that into what we do around here because we speak a word of ancient blessing that God gave to his people about 4,500 years ago to be spoken over his people as a reminder to you that you will be, that God wants you to be successful in what you do so that when people look at you, they're going to see the brightness of God. Our benediction is this. God bless you and keep you. God smile on you and gift you. God look you full in the face and make you prosper. Why? So we can keep making Jesus known. So so God wants your success. Now, this may mean that you should potentially alter your definition of success if it's the popular definition because success is not about money it's not fame or popularity success is not about power or possessions but instead success is this very obvious powerful and distinct blessing of God that just simply rests on your life it's it's intangible do you want success i mean do, do you do you want success do you want God's blessing well if you're going to live in that blessing then You're going to have to keep running this race that we always talk about. So I wear this all the time saying run to win. We run this race. But as you're running the race, you're going to have to clear some what? What? hurdles, yeah. You have to clear some hurdles and, and, and because they're inevitably going to be in your path and really that's what I'm talking about. Over the past few weeks we revealed some of the hurdles and, and really I, I've designed this message, this series of messages around some of the hurdles that, that I've, I've tripped over in the past. And so I, it's, it's kind of real and raw for me to be able to share this series. That, but I've talked about hurdles of pride, uh, fear. Uh, Preston last week talked about insecurity. Today we're talking about another one of our wonderful hurdles to security and it is the hurdle of boom pain say ouch ouch pain is an inevitable hurdle Uh, we all have experienced pain there's physical pain Um, there's emotional pain past pain sometimes it's just like this dull pain from uh, a tough upbringing Maybe it's pain from loss. Possibly it's pain from relational fracture or relationship just totally gone wrong. Um, I mean, I don't like pain. Like when I fracture a bone, which I know how that feels, (laughs) I don't like pain. I don't like getting a migraine. But emotional pain can actually be worse. And again, just to be really honest and open with you, in my life of ministry service, I've been hurt and. The pain has been great at times. I've been betrayed. I mean, I've lost what I really thought to be very close and intimate friends. There have been times when I thought, well, this person would never intentionally cause pain to me. And because we all cause pain to one another, but it's not, most of the time it's not intentional. But but you think, you know, this person would never intentionally hurt me, yet they did. And it's like, yeah. (laughs) Like, wow. But the truth is, you can probably relate to that, can't you? In fact, there's not one person here who's not gone through some painful situations to one degree or another. Talk to people who are in Las Vegas. I was talking to someone just this week about life out there, and, and they just kept talking about the pain, the trauma, the anguish. Pain, it's inevitable. And when we face the hurdle of pain, always have two options the two options are this you're going to process the pain and learn or you're going to ignore the pain and put a wall up i'll just tell you right up front i'm going to do everything in my power to convince you to do the first to process it and learn today so that your pain can become a tool a stepping stone it will be your gain now the second option it's actually quite dangerous Yet, to be honest, we've all done it because it's the easier option and I've done it so many times. Even in preparing this message, I realized, wow, here are other areas of pain where I have chosen the option too. I don't want that because it can manifest itself a lot of different ways. It's the instinct to run away or hide, possibly uh, to numb your pain just through distraction or maybe drugs or alcohol, or possibly entertainment or even travel. But if you refuse to process your pain, you're going to erode your own joy, your relationships, possibly your career, or maybe even life itself. Because, because unprocessed pain causes us to, to, to seize up and to freeze up, and it, it, it stops our ability to be teachable, and it will hinder our success. It, it impacts our teachability because it causes us to pull back, to pull away from the people or the situations that we otherwise could learn from. And I actually call it the pull-away effect. Can you say the pull-away effect? The pull-away. I want to teach you about the pull-away effect. The pull-away effect is something that I experienced the other day in a very vivid form and uh, but we kind of modify this in many different ways when it comes to emotional pain, but 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 the other day, I slammed my finger in this desk drawer, my desk at home. Now, you have to understand, my office desk here at the church does not have any drawers, and so I live in a pain free office but but in my home, I slammed the and this little finger was in that drawer, and i 'll tell you what when that happened, I reacted, right? I reacted. I pulled my finger away as far as possible from that horrible, evil drawer. And then I looked at the drawer, and I thought angry thoughts. I promise you I did. I was looking at that drawer, and I just thought, I will never use that drawer again. I'm going to lock it up for good. It's a, this whole desk is, is, is stupid. In fact, this, this you desk, you had your chance, and you blew it. I'm going to tear it apart and use it for firewood. Come on, you've done the same thing. <laughs> After a couple of seconds, I'm like, oh wait, all right, all right, calm, calm down. See, my reaction was uncalled for, and yet the pain at that time was still intensely growing, but I was able to catch it and realize, okay, that's kind of a stupid response. Stupid desk, you know. But in life, when pain hits, the pulley-away effect, it, it causes us to do the same thing. We resolve in our hearts that we will never go to that place again. We will never interact with that person again. Right. Maybe somebody leaves you a nasty message on Facebook. So you pull away. You block. You unfriend. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Coworker <laughs> co-worker stabs you in the back during a meeting. You pull away. You're going to have nothing to do. You're not going to speak to them. And you know their birthday party's coming up next week. And you're going to conveniently do a sick day so you don't have to participate in their party because you're continuing to relive that moment of pain in your own heart. Maybe your dad told you you'd never amount to anything and you pulled away from him and you're still rehearsing his senseless words. Possibly your spouse did something to you that caused you to hurt deeply and and you pull away from that pain, possibly even pull so far away that it leads to divorce. Some of you have experienced pain at church. Maybe because of what another person said to you or even did to you. Possibly it was, it was a pastor. And the pull-away effect has caused you to say, I'm just not going to do church again. But the, the problem with all of that is every time you pull away, your teachability suffers. Because you're no longer going to be able to learn or to grow from the person or the situation. See, there's a better way, and this is the way I'm going to encourage you into today. It's this. Renew your brain and make your pain your gain. All right? Come on. We have three rhyming words in that. I want you to say it out loud with me. Look at the screens. Come on. Renew your brain and make pain your gain. Come on. Do it again. Renew your brain and make pain your gain. All right. That's the way to clear the hurdle of pain by using pain, past pain. I, I had a boss when I was in my 20s and he, I worked at a church. It was a large church and this guy was just downright mean. <laughs> and I found myself in many ugly situations and, and, and there were times, no kidding, we had to line up outside of his office door to beg for our jobs back because he would just occasionally fire all 15 of the staff pastors in staff meeting from time to time always rehire us all but And I I watched though some of my fellow staff pastors disintegrate under the pain. I had a little bit of an advantage because I was a pastor's kid and I was like well I kind of know a little bit of how to deal with this but what I ended up doing was something interesting. I thought well I'm just going to use this for a positive reason, and, and, and I created this list of things I will not do when I'm a senior pastor. I literally wrote that at the top of the paper, and, and, I, and I put it in my computer. We were just starting to use computers back then, but I had my own little computer thing, and I had it there, what I will not do when I'm a senior pastor or lead pastor. And honestly, the, the, the truth is, is I've used that as a foundation for a lot of things that I do today. I mean, not all of it, some of it was flat out goofy, but this, the truth is, is this pull-away reflex is actually normal. And, and really it can even be helpful, but staying away is a different story unless it's truly life-threatening or abusive. Got that? So if we don't process the pain, what it does is it skews our view of the world and you start, you, you really actually stop trusting other people's intentions. Or you tell them you're thinking this and you're thinking that. <laughs> And uh, you shut yourself down and you become skeptical and your skepticism moves to cynicism, which could possibly even move to paranoia. Unprocessed pain, it's like like a wall that you build around your life, one brick at a time, brick by brick, pain incident by pain incident. You make it taller and bigger to protect you. You're using your pain to protect you from additional pain. But eventually, I mean, it doesn't work because you find yourself all hemmed in and all alone, you're surrounded by your wall of pain and then you choose to become even more self-protective, you become more suspicious of others and cynical and, and, and the truth is you come, just become downright lonely. You find yourself only engaging in shallow relationships, potentially without even one real friend in this world, which isn't God's plan. You can't be teachable because you won't let anyone pass the wall of pain that you built because you've been hurt. You put up this little motto in front of your life and you say, I trust no one, and you repeat it to yourself over and over. You're digging yourself in deeper. And, and, but, and every one of these pain situations in life, which we all face, they can become another block in this pain wall. And uh, eventually you can't even see the real world. All of your opinions about what's happening on the other side of the wall is based upon the pain that you rehearse in your mind over and over. Now, Saul, who is our case study for this series of messages, he experienced some really deep, intense pain. And he, re- he reacted and he reflexively pulled away like would be normal, but he refused to process his pain. Saul built a wall... And then it cut him off from all of the positive information, the positive people that were actually trying to influence his life and impact his life. Saul became unteachable. In fact, Saul literally went crazy. See, he became obsessed over his hatred of David. David was, in fact, he was never disloyal, and David even honored Saul later on after, his own, after Saul's death. But, but, but Saul saw David as a threat because Saul had built a wall of unprocessed pain the wall that saul built was something like this the first block of it this foundation block is that god removed his favor and it was a block of pain he wouldn't deal with and so it built up in front of him this is going to be a barrier between me and other people now and i'm going to be safe behind this and then the next thing is, is some some kid comes along and this kid kills a giant and and uh And then everybody begins to like this kid better than Saul. So he has another block, another layer of pain. Then the wall continues to grow because David's influence is growing. And and David becomes best friends with Saul's own son. The wall gets bigger, becomes stronger. And he's protected behind his wall and he's not going to deal with this pain. He's going to use the pain to protect him. Then Saul's daughter falls in love with David. David falls in love with Saul's daughter. Another layer, an additional layer of pain. The wall gets bigger. Saul doesn't deal with it. And then to top it all off, the nation starts responding to David's natural leadership. And it hurt the king greatly. And his wall had become high. The pain was intense. All he could do was stand behind his wall and scream. I want you to see what building a wall of pain does. Look in the Bible in 1 Samuel chapter number 22. This is an intense chapter in the Bible. It's intense stuff. 1 Samuel 22, because it's it's, it's another hurt, another rejection, another missed opportunity, another perception of betrayal, and Saul refuses to process it. Saul becomes angry and paranoid and hostile and starts making poor judgment calls. And I'm telling you, especially if you're a leader, if you're not processing pain well, it's very, very dangerous. 1 Samuel chapter 22, look down at verse 6. I want you to read this with me. I'm reading from the New International Version. It says, now Saul heard that David and his men had been discovered... And Saul was seated, spear in hand, under the tamarisk tree on the hill at Gibeah, with all his officials standing at his side. And he said to them, listen, men of Benjamin, will the son of Jesse, now the son of Jesse is David, okay? Will the son, he won't even say his name. Isn't that crazy? Will the son of Jesse give all of you fields and vineyards? Will he make you commanders of the thousands and commanders of the hundreds? Is that why all of you have conspired against me? Nobody even tells me when my son makes a covenant with the son of Jesse. None of you is concerned about me or tells me that my son has incited my servant to lie in wait for me as he does today. But Doeg the Edomite, which he's a non-Jewish person. He's a guy from another country who was there with them. Doeg the Edomite, who was standing with Saul's officials, said, Well, I saw Jesse the son of Jesse, come to Ahimelech, son of Ahitub at Nob. Ahimelech inquired of the Lord for him, and they also gave him, David, provisions and the sword of Goliath the Philistine. Then the king, Saul, sent for the priest Ahimelech, son of Ahitub, and all the men of his family who were the priests at Nob. And they all came to the king, and Saul said, listen now, son of Ahitub. Yes, my Lord, he answered. Saul said, why have you conspired against me? You, and, your, you and, and the son of Jesse giving him bread and a sword and inquiring of the Lord for him so that he's rebelled against me and lies in wait for me as he does today? And Himalek answered the king, who of all your servants is as loyal as David, the king's son-in-law? he's the captain of your bodyguard and he's highly respected in your household was that the first time i inquired of god for david of course not let not the king accuse your servant or any of his father's family for your servant knows nothing at all about this whole affair but the king said okay well then you're gonna die ahimelech you and how about your whole family So the king ordered the guards at his side, turn and kill the priests of the Lord because they have sided with David. They knew he was fleeing, yet they did not tell me. But the king's officials were unwilling to raise a hand to strike the priests of the Lord. So the king ordered Doeg, the Edomite, (laughs) the guy who's not Jewish, well, then you turn and strike down the priests. So Doeg, the Edomite, turned and he struck them down. Again, that's why we don't name our children Doeg. Just, you know, don't ever get that idea. Don't ever open up the Bible and say, yeah, nice name, bad name, okay? Look at this. That day, he killed 85 men who were the and aphod in other words, priests. That's where it started. But he also put to the sword Nob. Now, that's a city, okay? The town of the priests with its men, its women, its children, and infants, its cattle, donkeys, and sheep, That, my friend, is a bloody massacre. It happened because one man could not deal with and process his pain and he was so far behind this wall of pain he couldn't think straight. Hundreds of innocent people and even animals died that day. All because Saul thought that somebody wasn't supporting him, and it wasn't even true. Saul was reading everything wrong because he was boxed in by his own pain. He became a mass murderer. Let's just call it what it is. Because he was completely out of touch with reality. 2017, United States of America. I'm telling you, if I were a betting man, I put money on it that what happened in Vegas last week was the result of a huge wall of unprocessed pain in one man's life. and he couldn't deal with reality anymore. So he commits a bloody massacre, just like Saul did. I'm telling you guys, we need to process our pain. You might not end up as a terrorist like Saul. But reality is you won't reach your fullest potential if you're unwilling to recognize that pain is dictating your decisions and your actions and your hesitations and your attitudes and your reactions. Now, emotional pain, it's it's sometimes hard to identify, especially with men. Men we are wired a little bit different, and, and most of us men, were taught to ignore pain, and, and we, we, we suck it up to, to, to a point really where we don't even feel the pain initially, quite often. But we're still experiencing the hurt from it, and then we react to it. We do. We not feel the pain, but we're reacting to the pain. I'll just be honest with you, one of the best things that we can do is begin to deal with the pain. And recognize our reactions when we start to react you know when we see defensiveness negativity pulling away shutting down lashing out those are our signals hey there's some pain here that needs to be dealt with so my encouragement is to replace the P in pain with a letter G and turn it around to gain, because there is a strategy we need to use and I would call it the gain strategy and it's really just to deal with your pain. Recognize it as soon as possible. The, the process of pain has started and then, then deal with it and learn from it and make pain your gain. Ask yourself, do I need to confront someone? Do I need to forgive someone? Is this a recurring issue in my life and why is it happening? Is, is this something that I caused or, or is it something that somebody else caused? Is it, is it something that I just simply need to ask God to give me the grace to get through to the other side? Or what can I do to avoid this pain in the future? Yeah. See, what we have to do And my encouragement to you is renew your brain and make pain your gain, because it doesn't have to be used this way. You can use pain to overcome your next hurdle of pain. You can, and I'm going to show you why. exactly how it works. Dealing with your pain, it actually makes you teachable. Because you're not just reacting, but you're thinking and you're processing and you're submitting yourself to God. Pain itself even becomes your teacher, so you deal with pain. And one of the best ways to do it is fix your thoughts on Jesus. Did you know the Bible said that? Is The way to, to deal with this is you put your thoughts on Jesus. Now, that's one of the reasons why worship and prayer and being in the Word of God and listening to, to online messages and all those types of things, it's so critical for us because it gets our thoughts our minds, our our brains to focus on Jesus who has the answer and who can heal us and teach us as well. This works, my friend. This is is engaging what I call the gain strategy. And and really what you have to do is retrain your mind. At at the root of your pain is most likely some type of a lie. And that lie is probably something like I'm just not good enough. Potentially it's based on just old habits of thinking, maybe even from your childhood. But it has incredible power over you. And if you recognize it, then you can retrain your brain. The way you do that is you simply change what you're thinking about. You take control of your brain. See, Paul gives us a strategy for this. And it's really good, and (laughs) it's so good that it's in the Bible, which is a great place to look for it. And Philippians 4.8 tells us this, and this is something I encourage you to memorize, take a picture of it, seal it up, get this in your heart, because this is the way to think. He says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about see that think about such things in other words make yourself think this way in fact science even has taught us this recently this is new science (laughs) old stuff since god set it up anyway is that there are these neural pathways in our brain and they're kind of like riverbeds where water naturally and easily flows and our our thoughts therefore they're going to follow these predetermined paths that's why sometimes you'll think something and you kind of like here's the next step next step next step and you're like whoa, I'm, I kind of just did that same thing again well that's how it works in our brains but but you can dig new canals there's these new pathways and these thought processes so i'm just telling you guys there's hope it's time to retrain your mind and embrace new truth but but it takes repetition We have to keep coming back to it over and over again. I'm going to focus on what's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, things that are admirable, things that are excellent and praiseworthy. That's what I'm going to think about. Let me tell you a little secret about city life. It's a little secret. Uh, It's not really a secret because it's out there all the time, but it's strategic. I'll be honest with you. Whenever I prepare a message, I always try to create at least one little phrase that I'm going to put all the way through my message, and it can, it's put a potentially life-changing phrase based upon the Word of God that you can easily memorize. I, I call it my main memorable quote. Now you guys don't know that I do that, but I've been doing that for a long, long time. And then in my message, I, just, I say it over and over, and it pops up on the screen a few times. Uh, here, here's the deal. Whenever you see one of those things that really hits you and punches you, Write it down, take a picture of it, tweet it, Facebook it, I don't care. Do something to help you remember it and then you just simply memorize and repeat it often in fact you should even create your own uh, phrases based upon bible truth for your life which helps you to create these new ways of thinking in your mind in fact i have a whole long list Mine, mind's a lot longer than yours i just guarantee it is press in a few weeks ago said dad i'd really like for you to to share with me your your little your little lines and the, the the little phrases that you use for your life and i said really well get ready to sit back and hang out because this is a long be thing and after it was over with he was tired he fell asleep but it was meaningful to me you know i have a lot and but i need them and i rehearse them regularly because i've dealt with plenty of this right here i do it to break these old thought patterns because i don't want these in my life anymore i i I don't want that old pain managing me paul says this he says do not conform any longer to the pattern the pathway (laughs) that neural pathway of the world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind, your thought processes. You see that? <laughs> Renew your mind, your brain. It's, it's great. I love it The science is now confirming what the Bible's been saying for 2,000 years. And the bottom line, though, is that every pain comes with two choices. You're going to process it and learn, or you're going to ignore it and wall up. You choose the latter, you're caving to pain, and the pain's going to own you. You're not going to own it. <laughs> you ignore it. You're just going to keep adding bricks and then hem you in and separate you from the people. From the people who actually love you the most. But when pain does happen, a lot of times it's going to knock you off your feet. I mean, you're going you're to trip over that pain and, and it, it's just going to knock you right off your feet. But what you gotta do is you gotta get your eyes right back on Jesus and turn that pain to gain. I, I love what the scriptures say, and this is a scripture that I've loved for a long time. I remember finding this when I was in college and I've just loved it ever since. Proverbs 24, 16, it says, though the righteous fall seven times they rise again in other words get up some of you are going that's great because i've like had five big crashes i got two more to go well that's good but i think since it's a proverb you can actually add any number that you want to in there so let's just say 70. for some of you you're at 68 you're going yes yes i have more time i'm gonna crash and burn again and get right back up for me i i have to have about 700 because okay this is the 700th time this is but i'm still gonna get up get up guys get up get up get up get up, get up. it's okay to remember your pain and, and, and put a name to your pain, it's okay. It's okay to say, yeah, th- th- this, is, this this happened to me, but I'm telling you guys, that pain needs to be under your control. It needs to be under your control, not over your emotions. Some of you, you need to identify and put a name on each one of these big bricks of pain, and you just say, this is no longer going to be a wall, But I'm going to use this as leverage, past pain, by name, betrayal, whatever it is. I'm going to use past pain as a tool to get over the next hurdle of pain which is facing me in my life. And what you do is you just get yourself all ready to go and you take a nice running start. You don't even have to run. You just step, 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 step. The pain is now under your feet. Your pain is now a tool. You have retrained your brain and you've made pain your gain. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is praiseworthy, think about these things and use that pain as gain to cross your next hurdle of pain. Some of you, you just need to stop hugging your wall of pain like it's your friend because it's not. <laughs> Get this, God's on your side. He really is. Earlier in the, today, Preston shared a passage of scripture from David when he was hiding out from Saul. Here's how David dealt with his pain. Do you think David was in some pain? Oh, yeah, he was. It wasn't just salt, except David learned to process it and deal with it. I want you to close your eyes and listen to this song. We don't know the tune, but we know the words. The song that he wrote when he was hiding in a cave, hurting. Listen to this. And make this your song. I will extol the Lord. At all times, his praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. So let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let's just exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. Church, those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. The poor man called and The Lord heard him. And he saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. And he delivers them. Taste. See that the Lord is good and blessed is the one who takes refuge in him because the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears are attentive to their cry. The righteous, which are those who pursue Jesus and are in Christ, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them and delivers them from all their troubles. For the Lord is close to the broken hearted, and he saves those who are crushed in their spirit. The righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. I'd like there to be no movement at this time. I'd like for you guys to look inward. Just close your eyes with me. Maybe you're here today and You've never really surrendered your life to this Jesus that I'm telling you about. Maybe you've drifted from God. <clears throat> You're far from Him right now. And If you want a new beginning, if you really want to know Jesus, if you really want to be in Christ, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. It's going to be by just simply lifting your hand. Because faith is when we respond outwardly to whatever is happening on the inside. Hey guys, Jesus loves you. He loves you more than you can imagine. And he died for you so that you can have life and life to the full and everything changes today. So if you want to be included in my closing prayer, please raise your hand and commit your life completely to Jesus at the count of three. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now. I want to connect my faith with yours. Thank you. Who else? Who else? I want to connect my faith with yours right now. You want to pray this prayer and make things right. Commit your life to Jesus. Okay, here's what I want to do. I want everyone to stand. Please stand with me, every single person. I want you, along with this entire congregation, if you lifted your hand, pray these words with me, please. Church, pray these words and meet them from the bottom of your heart also. Dear Jesus, Jesus. thank you for dying for my sin. I believe you're the son of God. Please forgive my sins. I give up my past. And I embrace the future that you have for me. Thank you for setting me free. Thank you for delivering me from pain. The pain that held me captive. In Jesus' name, amen. City Life is able to continue making Jesus known through the consistent investments of many. If you would like to invest financially into the vision, you can do so at citylifecenter.org. Simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from City Life Church. You can stay connected through Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday.